Welcome to Ancient Answers, the program where we discuss modern issues and topics by looking to the wisdom of ancient civilizations that came before us. My name is Shane. I'm Gordon. And today we are going to have another Q&A episode, or as we like to call it, Quote and Answer. Quote where we, and Answer. Where we take uh, four quotes from various uh, historians, philosophers, politicians, and we analyze them, dissect them, and see if they still have meaning in a modern context. That's right. So Gordon well, is going to kick us off with our first one. What do you I will there? go with the first one. It's uh, Epidus. And it was, wealth consists not of having great possessions, but in having great wants. Few wants. <laughs> yeah, few <laughs> wants. Gee, talk about this one. For our audience, we appreciate your patience with us. Let me read that again. Wealth consists not of having great possessions, but in having few wants. <laughs> the words are white, one right on top of the other, so you yes, cross your wires okay. there. Okay, but let's get to the actual quote now. Um, I, I quite like that one. Um, I think it goes back to the idea that, you know, wealth is not a so much a, a material thing, right? You know, just because, like, let's say, someone like Jeff Bezos, the wealthiest man on the planet, <laughs> you know, by the numbers anyway, um, it's it's that it's the whole idea of money money doesn't buy happiness and that just because you have a lot of material possessions doesn't necessarily mean that you are happy or satisfied. You know? Well, you know, a couple of thoughts crossed my mind, and we like doing these episodes because we don't prepare ahead. We kind of just spontaneously, and one of the things that pops <laughs> yeah. in my head is a study that was done some time ago where it was asking people about happiness, what mm-hmm. makes them happy. I mean, it's always been this interesting phenomena that... Many nations that are quite poor report having relatively happy populations. And that happiness is derived from family connections and friend connections and community connections. And I have two trains of thought about that. One is during this current uh, pandemic, a lot of people are isolated and alone in their home, especially in the West. Mm -hmm. And that's not a healthy thing for mental health. Yeah. To to feel alone and and in some cases even abandoned. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, the, the other thought that crosses my mind about this is, it's kind of the, the Buddhist thought that you spend the first half of your life obtaining possessions, and the second half of your life giving them away. <laughs> the idea is that if you die with nothing, then you've achieved a goal. You've, well, the goal's not the right word, but you've achieved, a, you know, a, a spiritual... A, uh, enlightenment okay that you no longer are held fixated by the want of material possessions hmm. and i have found as i'm well past the halfway point of my life <laughs> statistically <laughs> there, there's a sobering thought <laughs> yeah you know what i don't i mean i like to be comfortable i have family and friends i mean you and i are friends and we mm-hmm. enjoy each other's company quite a bit yep uh i'm pretty content to enjoy that you know, a great pleasure for me is to go out for a lovely walk in the sunshine, whether it's winter and it's minus 20 degrees outside. Or Celsius, sun, Celsius, Celsius, by the way. Celsius. Uh, or, uh, you know, it, it's uh, uh, in the summertime. Enjoy that. And, and enjoy the conversation with friends mm-hmm. and family and stuff like that. Do I worry about owning a lot of stuff? Not as much as before. Yeah. I am certainly aware of that. And I'm content with that because... I'm not taking it with me anyways. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's a really good point. And, and sort of off of that, um, like I talked to you recently where just uh, two weeks ago, uh, I took a personal day from work. And I'm not like, the kind of individual who really 
uh, gets stressed out. I think I mentioned in our previous Q&A episode that I am, I'm laid back to the point where that has gotten me into trouble. I'm very, very type B personality in that sense. Um, but I found uh, during the, you know, we've been in the COVID-19 pandemic for uh, almost a full year now. And I just found myself in a position where the normal everyday kind of stressors that mo- that everyone deals with and and that are just sort of, you know, what comes from modern lifestyle uh, just really got to me. And so I needed to take a personal day to readjust and, and make sure that I was all right. But it was very sobering for me because I never had to do that before. And I think part of it was, or I think the reason is because uh, I've been very fortunate to surround myself with a wonderful support structure of, of family and friends. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, I haven't had access to that like I normally would. So there is, there has been more feelings of alone and isolation. And now, in terms of material possessions and, and, and money and what have you, I'm de- certainly not a wealthy individual, but I've never really, it hasn't really bothered me. Sure, I'd love to be able to buy a snow machine so I can go bombing around outside on beautiful sunny days like this, but... You can also I'm rent a, one. Yeah, okay, there you go. But I'm also not really bothered by the fact that I can't because I'm like, all right, well, I can't go bombing around on a snow machine, but... I'm going to go for a nice walk. Uh, maybe I'll go for a nice hike or maybe I'll call up a friend and see how they're like. So this, this whole idea, again, kind of going back to um, uh, money doesn't buy happiness or this idea that wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having few wants. I'm not lacking for really anything. Yeah, you know? actually, it's the second part that actually, to me, kind of catches. Yes. I mean, I know studies have been done that sort of found from people, you know, what would be what, you, you know, financially what you needed to be happiest or your you know your your maximum happiness uh, the difference between someone who was comfortable and someone who was a multimillionaire did not translate out in in the exponential oh. increase in happiness yeah. in fact the more money not that I'm not sitting there you know and trying to disparage people who are well off but sometimes the management of your wealth takes up so much time mm-hmm. and energy that you don't have it's, it is a complicated thing. Interesting yeah, quote. This one has actually caught me. And this is a hard one to answer. <laughs> right? Because we all like to be relatively well off. Yeah. and We like the idea of the financial security and, financial the, and, the, security, money, and that's the money it. to have have toys and go on vacations and things like that. Right? Like We all like that idea. But but we're also aware that those... And I mean, I, I live in the time of the yuppies of the 80s and 90s where you know the, the, the greatest social esteem value was to work obsessively for a corporation and move up the ladder and be you know be a go-getter and and go 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 and sell your soul because you're going to make money for the corporation well the corporations didn't necessarily reward that yeah you know people got cut and laid off and you know cutbacks and you know the, the the betrayal of that image is there i mean i do believe we're seeing a a society where we're, we're going to have some challenges in the next decade when it comes yep. to the lower percentile economic uh, citizens, our citizens that are struggling. I mean, COVID has destroyed so many jobs yeah. that uh, it's going to make things really comf- uh, dis- uh, uncomfortable. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And that's going to create some social stresses. Uh, but the reality is most people, and studies have shown it, like 95%, mm-hmm. most people need a comfortable living and that's their kind of peak happiness on the bell curve. Yeah. 
There was, and just before we move on to the to the next quote, I remember reading a few years back in a National Geographic magazine an article uh, discussing GDP and happiness. Ah, and it compared, that's what I was trying. Yeah, yeah, it, it compared uh, like Denmark uh, often comes at pretty high up on the on the list for for happiness quotients or whatever they oh, refer the to days. as. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you know, there's a lot of social services and a lot of um, uh, protections. Oh, go go for it. Go, go there. We go. <laughs> All right. Let's just get it out of the way. Um, so, so it was talking about how Denmark, being uh, a, a country with very socialist policies that really cares and looks after its citizens very effectively, maybe that's a reason for its happiness. But then it also compared that to, I think it was Costa Rica, uh, which is a far poorer country in terms of GDP and on individual levels, and yet they were right alongside Denmark in well, terms you know of the happiness. F- you know what the fifth happiest country in the world was? What? It was Canada. Oh, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sweet. Take that. You'll take that. We love our American neighbors, and we, we, we wish the bell for them, but there's some struggling going on there. Yes, yeah. And I, we were aware of that. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot of modern challenges we'll be facing in the next little while, and I'm curious to see how things go. We're living through history. Well, we enjoy right? a good social programs, yeah. health care, you know, uh, and, you know, education systems, so on, that are balanced out. And that Those are the things that people do give value to. Yeah. In society. Yeah. Okay, what's All the right. next quote? So, next we got a quote from Confucius. Um, Ability will never catch up with the demand for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> it's like, if you want a doctor, do you want the doctor to graduate last yeah. in his graduating class? Yep. Do you want a lawyer that did not, you know... Just barely just passed barely the bar passed? exam? Like. It's always, I want the best lawyer, the best doctor, the best... Yep. Oh, best teacher, in fact, as well. Oh, I mean, yeah. That can be important. A best engineer? Yep. You don't want the engineer that just scraped by and wasn't quite sure of trigonometry. <laughs> I remember reading uh, uh, Chris Hadfield's book, um, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth, and oh, he was quoting good. another astronaut who apparently was sitting in the in the capsule ready to launch from Earth, and then he had this realization that I'm in this massive, expensive rocket where every component was built by the lowest bidder. <laughs> I remember hearing that. <laughs> so it sort of goes against what we're trying to get at Let's here. Let's press but, ignite. <laughs> yeah. But ability will never catch up with the demand for it. Well, you the know, idea. the ancients certainly understood that. I mean, everything from China, which had, uh, you know, that school, the... Um, you know, the education system to to educate public servants. Mm, yep. I mean, if one thing you give the, the, the Chinese works, oh man, when you read about how extensive their public service, public servants yeah. system was, the education. Now, it was all males, of course, yeah. sadly. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, no society in the ancient days got anything like oh, the, the, absolutely not. the uh, Chinese in this systematic way. Again, like I said, that even during the warring periods and the breakdowns of different dynasties, they were sacrosanct. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that there wasn't a, you know, there was a, one massacre that we we're aware of, but for the most part, nobody could risk losing them because those that knew how to do something... You know, they were so highly valued. It's funny, though, if you think of modern, to reflect on more modern China during the cultural revolution of the mid 20th century yeah. that they went around executing yeah. anybody who was educated. Yeah. And so did the, uh, the great leap the forward. Rouge. Big, yeah. The great leap forward took a big step backwards. Yeah. Yeah. And so did the camera Rouge. Oh yeah. As well. You were educated. You, they killed you. Well, anyone who wore glasses was seen as, oh, as yeah. uh, the, the interpretation was that they were too educated. And so they were ex- like, yeah. So I just, mean, nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's not in the West hasn't 
I mean, there has been massacres. They tended to occur after the medieval period, believe it or not. Hmm. Uh, there wasn't that there was a few ones. I mean, anywhere, anywhere where there were people that had an, a skill and expertise, they were ones that they they tended to be protected. Yeah, well, and, and even look at modern times where, uh, you know, the scientists who uh, cure disease, you know, Jonas Salk, who created the polio vaccine, is, is so highly lauded and highly regarded. Uh, Albert Einstein is one of the most brilliant theoretical physicists in, in human history. You know, the the ability will never catch up with the demand for it. There's this hunger for people who excel in their various fields. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, regarded as the greatest guitarist of all time, he's been dead for decades, and he's still looked at as this heroic icon of music, right? You know, there's there's so many examples that we can cite where it's people of incredible ability and incredible talent and incredible drive uh, who just... Yeah. And, and what's really impressive about those types of people is the fact that they... They, they elevate the field around them as well. It's a very common idea. I'm a big fan of UFC. And it's a very common idea in the UFC that I think can be actually be attributed to a lot of different areas of life where um, it, when you see one individual, one champion who is so dominant in their weight category, the whole category ends up rising up and ha- because they have to catch up to that individual. And now all of a sudden, this entire class is full of unbelievably... They, they must have had that. So. You know, Roman uh, chariot races where some of these winners yeah. were phenomenal winners. Yeah, thousands of victories. They would have been also seen, and they were allotted, and they made a lot of money yeah. uh, protecting sports. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we we are... We can never pronounce his name. Imoktep, I think is how you pronounce oh, it. Oh, yeah. The engineer... Yeah. He was an engineer and a doctor, I think, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. Who, who organized the construction of the Great Pyramid of yeah, Giza. that's right. And, you know, the fact that his name is still remembered. Not all engineers get remembered for the great works that they've done, especially in ancient ancient times. But uh, we do know that uh, any, you know, any ruler was smart to protect them because if they could build the big monuments, yeah. it meant a big deal for them. Yeah, exactly. You know, like any, any one of great, great skill and great ability will always be in demand. I mean, even at a smaller scale, you look at modern tradespeople, for example. You know, yeah. You're looking for a contractor to do some work on you your home. you got a shortage of them today. Yeah, exactly. There's a big shortage of tradespeople. But if you're looking if you're looking for a contractor to build your home, you know, or to, to do some renovations or what have you. Know, I want you're the looking, worst. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to say, I want the crummiest contractor who's going to do a terrible job? No, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, you... the next quote is from Aristotle. Ah, and you know, I, I, I am quite a fan of Aristotle, uh, and, and it's amazing to read that you can buy his book. Mm-hmm. I think there's three of them that you can buy in English and read this with. Anyways, this was a quote here. Destiny does not consist of possessing honors, but in desiring them. So destiny does not consist of possessing honors, but in desiring them. Now, I chose this because I think this is a bit controversial. Okay. And the assumption is, well, we should just accept the honors that come to us and we just work really hard. But I do believe that many of the great people, I don't mean military people. Mm -hmm. I mean people of science and people of, of, of culture and so on. They are driven by the desire to have their ideas and their thoughts recognized. Now, there is a fine line between 
that being recognized and themselves being recognized and lauded. Fair, yeah. And that's human nature that, hey, we all have little egos. Yes. But it is true that why would you put the effort into something unless you believe there was a reward for it? Mm -hmm. And that's a very delicate topic because we like to think our heroes are people that do things for altruistic reasons only. But that's not human nature. Most people do things because they would like to be either recognized or they want to achieve a result for a cause. Yeah, there's there's often a, a self-serving purpose behind there it, is, unfortunately. As much as it, as wonderful as it would be, the the whole um, the high values, the idealism, the altruism, as you said, uh, unfortunately, that's just not the reality of human nature. Obviously, there are exceptions to those to that rule. There's but not, there's there's a few. I mean, not yeah. everybody is is a true saint in the in the word saint. Yeah. Uh, one of the best examples we we're very familiar with Julius Caesar mm -hmm. is you know when Julius Caesar so called crossed the Rubicon that was he crossed into the territory that armies weren't allowed to to get into uh, and then march on Rome. The reason why he was able to impassionately get his legions to follow him, who they're all going, oh, Julius, this is not what we should be doing. This is yeah. kind of against the rules. This is literally civil war. This is literally <laughs> civil war. Was he said to them, you know, it is we are on a great cause to liberate the Roman people from tyranny. I mean, everybody had their spin doctors back yeah, then. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and because we need to do this for ourselves and but it's also it's prudent mm -hmm. it's it's a prudent because our government needs to go back to the way it was and stabilize yeah. now it, it did not it, it, in a sense it ruptured i mean it's an always been this difficult argument to say was julius caesar the first emperor or the last you know magistrate elected officially he wasn't elected but yeah. appointed as a dictator uh I tend to say no. He wasn't an emperor, and Augustus was the first emperor. I would, I would agree. Yeah. That's the tradition that most historians go with. Yeah. But I use that example because Julius Caesar, he had an ego. Oh God! He, yes. He, you read it even in his book. You know, he he wanted the glory. He wanted the lot. He wanted people to kind of almost worship him for being just so smart and so brave and so audacious. Yeah. But lots of leaders are like that. Yeah. Well, and, and, and for to Julius Caesar's credit, I would argue that he was very successful in that. I mean, look at us 2,000 years later. We're still talking about him on this podcast, That's for right. one. Uh, but even to go back and, and think more recently after his death, he was deified. He was, he was made a god after his death. Uh, so, yeah, well done. Well done, Julius. <laughs> you kind of nailed it. I always, <laughs> I always find an interesting... Reference to, and I'm going to go to the Iliad, mm -hmm. Greek. The scene, now it's I gotta actually, read that again. I, I do think it was actually better done in the movie, Troy, done Ooh. in 2004 with Brad Pitt. I don't uh, care what anyone says, I love that movie. That's a great movie. I, love I that do movie. like that movie. <laughs> and there's a line where he talks to his mother, and his mother says, you have two choices. Oh, yeah. You have a choice. You can stay here, not engaged in this war, and stay home and not follow the call to go to Troy. And you will grow old, and you will have many children, and you have a wonderful wife, and you'll enjoy your grandchildren, and one day you'll die, and you'll yeah. be buried, and then someday you'll be forgotten. Yeah, yeah, you will be missed. But you then... will be missed. Or you can get involved with this great war, play your part, 
and your name will never be forgotten. Yeah. And the reality is, his name has not yes. been forgotten. Yes. I, uh, I love that scene. I really and, do. And it's that choice that's faced with sometimes a hero, how mm-hmm. you want to define it, male or female. Yep. I mean, we have to be both both genders at this point. Uh, recognize that there are heroes. I mean, I you know, the United States is looking at put uh, Harriet Tubman on the $20 oh, bill. yep. I think that's a fabulous idea. Yeah, of course. Uh, to put people that maybe from a humble bego- origins did something remarkable. Yeah. Uh, I, I have found that the, the, the real heroes are not our manufactured heroes. The real heroes are often the people that don't draw attention to what they do, but they do something because they feel in their heart that that's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. But they still are driven by the need to do that. Yeah. And that's a that's a difficult thing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Where do we put the line between ego and, and who? Yeah. So what's the last All quote right. there? So the last one, this is from Lao Tzu. Nature does not hurry, and yet everything is accomplished. Well, <laughs> I think I think of that as um, I, I quite like the quote. Uh, I when I first read it, I, my immediate thought was that it's it's it would be sort of a criticism of uh, modern modern times, actually, where there is this this big rush and this big drive and this big need to get everything done. Uh, and like if you look at celebrity life, let's say it's always for economic expediency, e- economic expediency, or there's some people have this idea, you know, if I don't have my everything together by 30, then I have a failure. You know, if I don't have my career in order and, and if I'm not married with children and in my own house or whatnot, right? Like, no, like there's nothing wrong with taking some time, sitting back and just letting things happen as they will. Nature does not hurry, but everything is still accomplished. There's no reason why we should be any different. Nature has its own plan. No one, <laughs> you can plan out your life to any degree that you want. It doesn't matter because things happen. <laughs> well, there's a kind of a deep point when it comes to sort of evolutionary process. The world's been around for an awful long time. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, biological change does not snap happen overnight, and yet we humans are impatient. Snap, snap, snap. We've yep. got to get this done. Get that done. Get and we're, uh, I mean, the speed of technological acceleration continues to get faster and faster yeah. and faster. We're living through a remarkable period, will always be in human history, but certainly the great change and challenges that we have today is that an average lifetime seems more challenge, changes and challenges than an entire century, if not a millennia in the ancient days. Yeah. It's, it's a belt, it's this... Uh, it's an, ex- it's an exponential exponential curve, curve yeah. Yeah. of acceleration, and we are, you know, the latest generation. Uh, we are aware of changes that have taken place. I mean, I always remember my great grandfather who uh, passed away when I was thirteen, but he was ninety-eight years old, and that he was born in uh, eighteen eighty-two. So he lived before the airplane, yeah. before many of our modern assumptions and died after man landed on the moon yeah so he was in alive. one lifetime so he was alive to read in the newspaper about the wright brothers first flight and then he was yeah. around to watch on tv as man landed on the moon that's right that's, that's right that's I mean, astonishing i mean there are some lives uh, i think of my other grandfather uh, born in 1909 and uh sorry 1907 i should say and he lived to 2006 he was 99 when he oh, wow. died his lifetime now he uh, born just after airplanes, uh, well, they were just flimsy kites at the time. Yeah. But 
he lived till 2006, so yeah. he saw the the age of the internet yeah. arrive and well, all that stuff. Even even for myself personally, now this is this is far less grandiose and it's on a much smaller scale. But if I just think about video games. I grew, oh, up, yeah. I grew up playing 8-bit Mario yeah. on the original Nintendo. Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like, those are the games I grew up on. And now there's video games coming out. I'll show my parents trailers for them and whatnot. And they look so realistic. It looks like it's it's a, a, a CGI film. Do you, you ever know, like, wonder just... whether someday they'll just plug a brains in to these immersive virtual reality environments and you can just... You can just go live anywhere. Oh, we're gonna be we're so close to the holodeck from Star Trek. It's yeah. astonishing. <laughs> uh, and this, this whole quote in this discussion, it actually makes me think. I'm a big fan of Calvin and Hobbes. The oh yeah, that's by great, Bill great Watterson. Go, yeah. And I remember there's one where it's uh, it's Calvin and Hobbes are just standing outside. They're staring up at the night sky and all the stars. And Calvin says, um, "Isn't it strange how day by day nothing changes, and yet when you look back, everything's different." Well, that is just, it's, the, it's, a, it's part of the human psychology. We are time impatient. Mm-hmm. Um, we hurry up. We, we want to grow up. And then we want to do this. And yeah. we want to get a, Now, often it can be challenging. We need a career. We need stuff. The reality is... Uh, uh, boy, this is a difficult one to say or even... Ch- I'm sure we'll get some, we'll get some so, uh, Uh-oh. media. Uh-oh. A lot of things we do in our life are not that important. Relationships are important, yeah, and being honest and truthful and so on. Uh, but yeah, that, that that quote that quote actually is is an interesting one because I don't know whether I can answer it off the cuff without <laughs> thinking it through. And that that is that is the whole point of this, right? That's the point of what we're doing is just to see what kind of relevance may or may not exist between now and then and, and is this still important? Does it still matter? And if nothing else, we're gonna have a good conversation and we're gonna just make some people think some things through. Yeah, we hope those who are listening it gives you a chance to think. We appreciate you listening to this episode of Ancient Answers. Um, check us out on social media and also some of our other uh, content and we look forward to getting feedback from you. Mm-hmm. Thanks again, I'm Gordon. And I'm Shane. And have a great day.